Welcome one, welcome all to the M60 Podcast. I am your host, John Waltz, and this is the second full week of April, the week of the 13th, and I am recording from a not quite as rainy, uh, slightly cooler Nashville, Tennessee. It is the Monday after Easter. I hope that you had a wonderful Easter weekend and that you were able to worship in some sort of capacity and that you were to spend, able to spend time with your family in some sort of capacity and enjoy yourselves and enjoy the your, your each other's company. Now I will say that we are in, this is coming up on week number five I believe of me working from home, working my day job from home and the adjustment is Getting close to being complete, I guess. It's uh, had my first virtual happy hour last Friday. That was an interesting experience, seeing all those people that I hadn't seen or even talked to in some way, shape, or form on our uh, our our, can- our teleconferencing platform. It was pretty interesting to see, and it was kind of sobering to see because there were so many people that I hadn't seen in a while that I was used to seeing on a daily basis and good people that that I got along with and that that you know I haven't been able to physically see in a while so it was sobering but it was also good kind at the same time and I just want to talk about also had an interesting experience over the weekend it was when I say interesting it was kind of frustrating um I am one of those people that, since I have discovered, I wish I had discovered this sooner. I know they had the capability to do this do this sooner, especially when I lived in Phoenix. That uh, my the grocery store that I go to has online pickup, and I just started utilizing that here probably close to six months ago, maybe sooner. I was able most grocery stores have this now where you can go through their app and you can just put together a, a grocery list of what you want and depending on how much you spend it's either five six dollars to pick it up or it's free to pick it up and I, I'm one of the, I'm someone I usually place bulk grocery orders enough food to try, to at least last me for two weeks two and a half weeks and so usually the cost of that, builds up to enough to where I don't have to uh, pay a, a pickup fee and my grocery store that I shop at is right across the street from me so I can just zip over pull into the space give them a call they bring the order right out I zip back I don't have to waste too much time at the grocery store and wading through people and and all the annoyances thereof that are part of grocery shopping especially grocery shopping in a rather large city. However, this weekend was a little different. 
I, with with everything going on with with COVID nineteen, there are logistical challenges that everyone faces. And if you haven't worked in any type of a business where you're reliant on the supply chain, then let me just say it it, it takes things that would normally take a matter of minutes or the or the better part of a day to do, it's now taking two and three days. Something that would take a week is taking upwards of two, two and a half weeks. It's it's impossible to, in some cases, I would imagine it's impossible to stay ahead of this, especially in a grocery store setting where they have to pick and pull your order that day that you're supposed to come pick it up. And with this, not just with toilet paper and paper towel, with food and basic supplies it's especially now that now that we're kind of getting into the worst part of the pandemic and we're kind of getting into a place where we don't know how much longer we're going to be in quarantine people are buying a little bit heavier and they're doing a little bit more panic buying even more so now i i think and I'm I'm no better than anybody else. When I put my order together, I ordered a little bit heavier to get me through potentially three or a month's worth of, of food and supplies to, to hold me over. And they, the, the poor people at Kroger, I, I, I did my best not to be angry with them, although I was very, very frustrated. I was scheduled to go get my groceries at one o'clock in the afternoon on Saturday. And with it being the Saturday before Easter, I would imagine there were a lot of people there doing shopping for their meals right before Easter. If, for those of you who live up north or, or maybe you don't celebrate Easter quite like uh, others do, Easter can be, especially in the Bible Belt, it, the run on products around Easter, it can be, it's, it's a lot like uh, the the days before Thanksgiving uh, for everyone else. So huge run on food at the grocery store. There's a lot of things are picked over. And I placed my order on Thursday and the soonest available pickup order pickup slot was at one o'clock on Saturday afternoon. So I went over to get into my pickup spot and I don't know if it was just because of COVID-19 or if it was because it was Easter or a combination thereof, but it took me an hour, a little over an hour to get into a pickup spot at the grocery store. And then when I finally got into my spot, I called the number and they said, oh, we're sorry, Mr. Waltz, your order has only been half picked. We can stop and bring out what we have, or we can, or we can call you when, uh, when it's ready. And I thought, well, since I live literally right across the street from this grocery store, then I'll just, I'll just go home and wait for them to call me, and you know, no big deal. You know, they might have it. You know, I was expecting like. I was unrealistically expecting like an hour or two for them to, to call me back. And five o'clock comes and goes. And so I call and they're like, well, no, we don't have it fully picked yet. We're, we're very, very far behind. So we'll call you when it's ready. 
I looked at the store hours and they had sh- shortened store hours. Um, and so they were going to close at nine o'clock. So eight o'clock came around. And I thought, well, surely they have this thing picked. Now bear in mind, this is placed the order on Thursday. It's seven hours after I'm supposed to pick it up. I call them up again to check on it and they say, well, it's not ready yet. And so I just said, well, I have enough stuff to keep me until tomorrow. So um, let's just, I'll just wait until, you know, just wait until tomorrow to, to go get it. And so I did that. And um, the alert that I got from the grocery store on their app was that they didn't have my whole order. They, the original order was going to be significantly high because it was going to be, you know, a couple, about a two and a half, maybe three weeks worth of food, and they were a hundred dollars short, uh, dollar wise. And so I went over and picked it up uh, Sunday after church at about eleven thirty or so, and luckily they had enough to, you know, get me through a couple weeks. However, it was just a very, very frustrating experience, you know, first world problems. And that's one thing, especially those of us in the United States who are who are in the position that we can still have somewhat of a life, we can still have. So, And, and I think men kind of do this. The, the point that I'm going to be getting to here is uh, I think it's something that, that pertains to men. We like to, if we feel that we've been wronged or if we feel like we have been, I don't know, if we're in a situation where we need to quote-unquote defend ourselves or puff our chests up, we can get get upset at the wrong individual or we can be upset at the wrong thing. Now, I, I could have at any point in time on the phone gotten very, very angry and very, very frustrated with these poor people who are just doing their jobs, just trying to do the best that they could. And, and I've been in jobs where I've had to pick an order or, or I've had to you know, pick and pull stuff off of shelves. And, and uh, my managers could, uh, from those times could tell you, and, and I could tell you, I, I'll just be honest, I was terrible at it. I, I don't think I could ever pull an order correctly to save my life. And I, I just don't have that kind of aptitude, I guess. And that's, that's one thing that, you know, they're, they're not, when they pick and pull these orders at these grocery stores, they're not picking and pulling them like, like a typical warehouse. They're pulling them off the shelves that while other people are going in there and buying. And in this case, since it was before Easter weekend, you know, hundreds and hundreds of people are going through there. You know, I, I, I would love to, I would love to just look at the numbers and just see how many people go through a, a, a grocery store in a, in a city like Nashville on a daily basis just to, just to see, you know, what those, just what those numbers look like and what those, the volume of sales looks like. That, that would be fascinating to me. And I, luckily I, I was able to fight that frustration down to where I couldn't, to where I, you know, didn't, didn't bark at anybody who was involved in, in trying to help me. And I'm thankful that 
that I was able to kind of control myself a little bit. Just one thing that you, one thing that you got to remember is that it's not always man manly. It's not always masculine to puff your chest out and scream about your injustice, your perceived injustice. It's not there when the phrase that there's two sides to every story. Well, in this case, and especially in this day and age, there are multiple sides to every story. There could have been a shortage because the meat buyer didn't forecast enough. He didn't he didn't combine the forecasts or raise demand enough in his computer system. It might have been already I can tell you that most purchasing systems, most procurement systems, the the buyer that's in charge of, of placing these orders for these stores, there there's already planned demand in there when it comes to uh, certain times of the year, i.e. Christmas, Valentine's Day, um, Easter. However, who who could factor for a pandemic, especially at the beginning of the year when you're doing doing your planning for the year? So all that to say, that story just to say, have some one one thing that our model of true masculinity, Jesus, one thing that Jesus Christ, one thing he did have was empathy towards people who came across his path. He had empathy to towards people who were needing his help and were needing his kindness. And these these people at the, at the grocery store, I one thing that I just kept telling myself is like you have been in their shoes before in previous jobs that you've had and you have failed miserably and you did not keep yourself together as well as these people have kept themselves together. And I just want to remind people that as this goes on, that we are going to, empathy is going to be one thing that you need, especially as a man, towards your kids, towards your wives. If you are still working towards your co-workers, if you are trying to do any type of commerce you need to have empathy towards the people at the at the retail establishments and you are that is one thing that's that's one trait of masculinity that i think is really 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 short supply but we're not talking about that this week this week we are talking about courage and how to be men of good courage I'm going to talk a little bit about that next, and joining me this week is my good friend and spiritual mentor, Mr. Gus Garcia. He will be joining us from the great state of Texas, and I'm sure he will be nice and clean from the wallboarding job that he just completed today, uh, hopefully, and he, I, I know he'll have, uh, he'll have some great advice for you young men out there, and, and even you men that are um, that are my age. Um, Gus is a former pastor. That's actually how I first met him. And he'll have some, like I said, he'll have some, some great insight. He'll have some great wisdom because he is a husband and a father himself. And he's been through career transitions just like anybody else. He's been through life transitions just like anybody else. And so we're going to talk to him. And uh, next we're going to talk about what it means to be a man of good courage so stick with me this is the m60 podcast i will be right back hey 
hey, this is what uh, people in the business would call a live read, although I'm not really reading anything. I'm going off the top of my head, so here it goes. With uh, COVID-19 going on and the state of our economy kind of being brought to a grinding, screeching halt, I just want to encourage you that if you can help out your neighbor monetarily, help them out, if you can help them out through acts of service, whether it's through delivering, let's say you've got some extra paper towels or you've got some extra toilet paper or some extra dry food that you can deliver to them, if they, especially if they're in one of the older age groups where they're a little bit more needy and they're a little bit more at risk for going out into public, I want to encourage you to do that. Be smart with your money. And if you're engaging in any type of commerce where you are having, say, food delivered or you're having or you're actually going out to a restaurant and you're doing some type of curbside pickup with them, and you can offer uh, tips. Be a little extra generous with your tips in, in this day and age because I can tell you, having been in the service industry, that a lot of the income comes in from tips like that. And so tip your Postmates, your Uber Eats drivers very, very well, your Instacart drivers well. Tip the restaurant workers well. If uh, you do order from a pizza place that delivers still and they're still open, tip them very well because it'll, it'll go a long way, especially now when we're needing kindness and generosity in spades. Welcome back to the M60 Podcast. I am your host, John Waltz. And this week, I think an appropriate topic was going to be, is, is going to be courage and how we can show courage in the, in the face of these times. And I brought up a, an article from 2015 from uh, BibleStudyTools.com uh, about topical verses these are Bible verses about courage. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to read through a few of these and react to them and uh, give my thoughts on how they've affected me as, uh, as me being a believer and how you can apply those two to your life. But first, let's look at the, uh, the definition of courage and some of the root words that, that I found fascinating when, when looking at this. The couple definite definitions of the word courage uh, is the first is the ability to do something that frightens one. Uh, using that as a sentence, he called on all his courage to face the ordeal. Or a, the second definition, strength in the face of pain or grief. He fought his illness with great courage. Now. I think in this day and time we can all we can all agree that there's a little bit of both aspects of that being intertwined in our daily lives and intertwined in our oh let's say uh, our day to day and I think in especially in this point in time if you've, depending on your situation, if you've been laid off, you definitely need to have the type of courage that, where you have strength in the face of pain or grief. Uh, sometimes even going out or going to a place where people are still gathering, like a grocery store or a drugstore, it might 
that might be something that that frightens you. You know, I I was a pizza delivery guy for a very very long time. Uh, I I had been doing it off and on since 2005 up until just about a year and a half ago. And then I started doing Uber Eats because I had a little bit more control of my schedule and and what I was doing. But one thing that I always needed a little bit of courage to do was uh, to take an order to a hospital or a nursing home. Um, I think that especially is something that it didn't necessarily frighten me, but it had to be something that I usually had to, to grip my teeth in doing. And having courage to to soldier on, having, being able to do something that, that frightens you, like going on, going on a job interview for a type of job that you may never have had before, or working a, a type of job that you don't necessarily know if you can, if you can pull through on it. It kind of ties back to what we talked about in the first episode of the question, do I have what it takes? Can I come through? And that's something that we as men chase and something that we as men really uh, have to have to fight towards because if we think that the answer to that question is going to be no then we'll kind of shirk away from it so in order to at least get to a yes or to even have that question posed of us we have to have some type of courage to do something that that frightens us or to have strength in the face of of pain or grief. I know about a little over 10 years ago, I was rather unceremoniously fired from the job that I had, and it took a lot of courage for me to to get through that. And in some ways, I didn't have a lot of courage because rather than finding a, a new job, I decided to try to go back to school. You could say that that took a lot of courage. But the let's look at the 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 roots the root words to um, to courage here and see if we can delve into a little bit more about what the the meaning of the word is. The root word for courage is the word core, which is uh, Latin for heart. In one of its earliest forms, the word courage had a very different definition than it does today. Courage originally meant to speak one's mind by telling all one's heart. Over time, this definition has changed, and today courage is more synonymous with being heroic. And speaking one's mind by telling all all of one's heart that that does take that does take bravery. That does take some some heroism, especially if you have an opinion that's unpopular. Especially if you are trying to speak truth to power. Especially if you are in a situation where saying what you saying what's involved it with your whole heart may or or may not get you into some type of trouble i know that uh, in the past that's been a little bit of i think that's an issue for everybody you know are, are you going to stand up are you going to are you going to be the type of person that that speaks truth that's that's going to speak wholeheartedly are you going to speak from your heart with with all of your heart uh, or are you going to be the type of person that that shirks back and takes the easy way out now the uh, the Hebrew word for courage uh, is pronounced omets 
while the English word courage comes from the Latin word core, meaning heart, so that courage might also called, be called heartedness, the Hebrew word, omets, might be best defined as willingness to take action. So there's a little bit of a, bit of a blended definition in our English word courage. Uh, and if you're in a situation today where you, you've potentially been laid off or, or you're in uh, you're in a spot where you might have to be a leader of your family and, and keep, as I've said in previous episodes, keep your head while everyone else is losing theirs, then these all definitions all kind of intertwined into what courage is. So now we're going to uh, having those core, uh, those core words, those root words and those definitions in hand, we're going to dive a little bit into, into this article and talk about what these Bible verses have to say about uh, being courageous and, and having courage. So I only have a few minutes here to talk about these Bible verses. I'll, I'll go through a few and, and kind of what they mean to me. Some of them I've read before, some of them that I, I do take to heart. And we'll dive into those and, and break them down just a little bit. Um, so diving right into this, this is from the site BibleStudyTools.com. Uh, looks like it's a fairly resourceful site. Uh, I haven't delved too deeply into it, but the title of this article, 25 Scripture Quotes About Courage, uh, one of my personal quote-unquote favorite scriptures that talks about talks about having courage and talks about having God be with you wherever you go. It's uh, Joshua uh, chapter 1 verse 9 and the the concept of this is the, the context I should say not the concept the, the context of this verse is that Joshua is getting to lead getting ready to lead Israel into the promised land to uh, to take the promised land this is just after uh, Moses has died and so it's a pr- pretty big and daunting order that his mentor Moses could not do what he wanted to do and what I would imagine was was essentially his lifelong goal was to get the people of Israel back into the promised land and so Joshua is faced with essentially finishing Moses's work and establishing his own legacy in doing so and saving face in some ways with the people of Israel verse 1 uh, or Chapter 1, verse 9 through 11, reads like this. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. So Joshua ordered officers of the people, go through the camp and tell the people, get your provisions ready. Three days from now, you will cross the Jordan here and go in and take possession of of the land the Lord your God is giving you as your own. So we don't know how much time passed between when God gave that command and, and gave that word to Joshua before they before he sent his uh, before he sent officers through the camp to go talk to the people to get their possessions, but he it's laid out pretty plainly. Uh, God lays it out pretty plainly there and, and pretty plainly in other uh, chapters that this is my command. It's not just 
this is a command level thing. It's not a suggestion. It's not a, a nuanced thing. It's not a, it's not a, like I said, it's not a suggestion. It's not something that's inferred. It says, no, this is my command, as in the commandments, as in do not steal, do not covet, do not murder. This is, this is God saying, hey, do this. I am telling you to do this for because I am your Lord and your God. But he also adds in there that even though he knows Joshua will face fear and, and he knows that we will face fear when we are trying to be courageous, that he he's going to be with us wherever we go. And his command to us, his command to Joshua, is to be strong and to be courageous. In times like these, when everybody's infighting about the, the name of a virus or inviting about ground beef or toilet paper that we as men need to be strong and courageous. We need to know and tell our families that, hey, the Lord is with us. The Lord, your God, is with you wherever you go. And be be ready. Be be ready to 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 move. Be ready to to act. Um, in this way, I think is a good way to to lead our family. That get be be ready. We're we are going to get through this. We are going to we're, we're going to take possession of the promise that God has for us. Especially whether that's something that you can achieve in during quarantine or after quarantine. This is. This is definitely something. This is something that I try to live by every every day. In the in the job that I'm currently working, I I do face challenges of of doing things that I'm not used to doing. Um, making not necessarily cold calls, but warm warmish calls to to customers and and to people who are over the the customer accounts and getting getting to know them and essentially selling myself to them uh, and selling the services that uh, I'm supposed to be championing and that can be that can be fairly daunting and that's just one of my favorite verses that's one that I that I try and go to uh, another one that a lot of Christians like to go to is second Timothy 1 verse 7. For the Spirit of God does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. So, when we are listening to the Spirit of God, when we have, when we are being led by the Spirit, He does not. We're not timid. Passivity is is not an option when God is when God is leading us. When the Holy Spirit is leading us. Since there's a lot of stuff here, and there are a lot of mentions of being courageous and and not being afraid in the bible we're going to talk about that a little bit more next week uh coming up next after this my good friend gus garcia is going to talk about this talk about fatherhood and a whole lot more and then i'm going to have a wrap-up and homework segment for you for this week going on into next week where we'll talk a lot more about being courageous and how you can be a spiritual leader in times of crisis like the ones we're facing so stick with me this is the m60 podcast we'll be right back with mr gus garcia
Hey, just want to let you know that if you want to interact with the show and provide potential topics for me to cover during the show, you can interact with me on social media via Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, TikTok, Switch, Snapchat, however you like to use social media. Or you can email me at m60podcast at gmail.com. That's the letter M, the number 60, podcast at gmail.com. And just put in the subject line, article, or potential show suggestion, and I will review it accordingly. Welcome back to the M60 Podcast. I am your host, John Waltz, and joining us this week is my very good friend and uh, spiritual mentor, Mr. Gus Garcia, joining us from the great state of Texas. Mr. Garcia, how are you, sir? Doing good, doing good, big John. Great to, great to be with you, man. All right. Yeah, it's uh, good Good to finally talk to you again and uh, get caught up a little bit here. So Yeah. Yeah, the uh, the overarching theme of the sh- of the uh, podcast here, um, lead off question that I ask everybody every week, and I'll I'll you're you're no different, and you're no no more special than my other guests. So um, the uh, even less, bro, even less. Man. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There's that humility coming through that I I know from you. Um, first question that I always ask everybody is uh, what what does it mean to be a man in the uh, in the 21st century in the Western world? So. Gus, uh, if you were you were to have somebody ask you that, uh, just walk to you, up to you on the street one day, how would you answer that question? Yeah, I mean, uh, that is definitely uh, a loaded question. You know, back in the day, maybe that was a pretty straightforward question, you know, of what a man is. But, you know, uh, the lines have been blurred here recently in the last five years where, where uh, man, you don't know, uh, you don't know what what defining lines of anybody you can't you know if you, there's a man says no i identify as a woman there's a there's 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 men who say no i identify as a, a teenage girl or there's uh it's all over the spectrum but me as a, a as a, a christian you know i've i've definitely haven't been a christian my whole life I, I came to know the lord you know when i was 14 years old and and uh you know really um men play actually a pretty huge part of my life um when i was uh i grew up uh fatherless you know i'm a, a an, an immigrant from you know mexico and uh, my mom did her best to you know raise four kids uh, by herself and and uh by the time i started going to church i had a lot of questions you know and had a lot of uh really a lot of grief because there, that father or man presence was never there you know my mom you know bless her heart she's a she's a She's a good, you know, Christian woman now, but, you know, for a while she just kind of had a rotating door of boyfriends and, and those boyfriends really didn't could care less about what her children were up to. And so, I, my, you know, my, my, my view of man, that's why I say it's kind of a loaded question. There's a lot of, there's a lot that kind of happens with that, but, um, you know, men for me growing up were in my youth group. There were youth leaders, there were youth pastors and who really kind of took me under their wing and, you know, and showed me, you know, that there's more than just, you know, there's more to being a man. They showed me what it meant to be a, a, a loving husband. They showed me what it meant to be a loving father. And they didn't have to necessarily 
teach me anything because you know as as guys we're always watching we watch we watch relationships we watch people but you know to me being a man to answer your question is is really just trying to model what was modeled for me you know th- those guys who who um had had a loving relationships with their with their wives you knew it wasn't fake you knew that that they didn't come into the church just you know professing one thing you know I know that because I was often in their house you know uh you know after church hours and you know hanging out with them and you you know when they let their guard down you could really see how they were living and um you know just just men you know but a man you know I guess doesn't have to be you know one man Tommy Hall, which is still one of my spiritual fathers, twenty-five years later, um, you know, I appreciate you saying that I'm, I'm, I've been a spiritual, you know, uh, leader for you, and 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 I always kind of looked as, you know, we're brothers and that we encourage one another, John, and and I think that's awesome that we can have those relationships in our lives, and and to this day, you know, a man when I when I think of a man's man, I think of my youth pastor, who's now a senior pastor, who, you know was an, an officer, you know, carried a gun all the time, but, you know, was also a volunteer youth pastor and, uh, uh, was not a perfect man, had been divorced before and had had a lot of drama in his life before, but after giving his life to God, you know, um, really, really turned things around and, and, um, he was the dare officer. He was the, you know, I don't, I can even remember that. If you remember dare growing up. You know, oh yeah. Drug, yeah. Drug awareness, resistance, education, or something like that. Something you know? like that, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so you know, something like that. But yeah, I just anyway, remember the black T-shirts that I thought were really cool when I was a kid. You know, yeah, the black T-shirts. That's the he'd roll up at the school, and you know, I remember that's when I first saw him. Like, whoa, Officer Hall is the 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 drug, you know, the drug guy. And um, my phone here, I gotta get it get it reset. My phone's trying to die on me, but let me get it plugged in so it it doesn't die in the middle of our talk. But yeah, I mean, uh, a man is a man to me is just a somebody who, you know, who talks the talk. You know, not perfect by any means, but you know, somebody who you can go to, you can count on them. You know, and I'm I'm actually thinking of a certain person in my head. You know, and just some of those defining characteristics of, you know, somebody who's you know not necessarily have to be humble. You know, all, you know, but you know, humility is a good trait, you know, to, to never, to never think that, you know, at all, you know, to have a very teachable attitude, teachable spirit to realize that, Hey, you know, you don't have it all figured out. Um, but also a man with convictions, you know, that's a man to me, you know, somebody who, who stands up for what they believe in when, uh, there's so many, so many stinking directions going with everybody and everybody wants to be politically correct and everybody doesn't want to hurt anybody's feelings, but but honestly, you know, if you're going to stand up for something, you're going to hurt people's feelings. You're going to, you're going to, um, it's never going to just make everybody happy. Um, the only way you do that is by constantly lying and making somebody else feel happy. And you never really have any convictions, you know? Right. Um, yeah. But so, yeah, so sorry about that. I, I do have, you know, I'm, a, I'm, I'm also a preacher. I'm still a licensed minister of the gospel. So you get me to talking. John and uh, oh, that's all right. That's all right. That's <laughs> that's that's what you're. That's that's what uh, that's what you're here for. If I if I didn't think you didn't have anything to, if I didn't think you didn't have anything to say, you wouldn't be on the show, man. I I, I hear you. 
So uh, talk to us a little bit more about, uh, about your journey growing up as a man um, and, and especially as a, as, a, as a believer in how, uh, how strong male role models have, have shaped your life and, and how your, your walk with, with God and your, your spiritual journey, how that's shaped your life as a man. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, uh, man, just, um, to say was it, it was important would be an understatement. You know, I, I saw how just those men just taking me under their wing and encouraging me, uh, especially in my, you know, my first years of a Christian, you know, you know, in the church, we call that, you know, a baby Christian. They just use that analogy as, and you're just learning things, you know, you're just learning how to walk. You're just learning how to, to live this thing out. And uh, if it weren't, if it wasn't for those men who, who kind of showed me the way I, I, I would have uh, like a baby, you don't just throw a baby, you know, I've have, I have three children of my own. You don't just put a baby on the street and say, all right, go get a job. You know, you have to, you have to nurture that child. You have to, you have to, you know, pour into that uh, human being. So one day you can, you know, see them walk to see them, see them do the thing. So that's kind of in essence, what they did to me is just, um, and I could tell you their names, Jimmy, Jimmy Dennis, you know, of course, Tommy Hall, there was a guy named Randy, um, Randy Smith, who, um, who, who really just, uh, I remember he, he came into our house, you know, four, four, four kids and, 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 uh, and, um, a mom who just couldn't make it, you know, make ends meet. You know, I remember, I, I remember this vividly now that I, I do a lot of contract work and a lot of, you know, remodeling as well. Um, him coming in our house and seeing a need and he came and put in new carpet into uh, our living room. And, and as a kid, I really did. I was like, Oh, cool. You know, he's kind of helping us, you know, um, remodel our house. And I didn't realize that he, he understood we we're poor. We couldn't afford to have these things. And so him donating his time to put in carpet into my house, you know, I look back now as a, as a full grown, you know, 30, 39 year old man to say, wow, you know, he, he never made us feel like he was uh, looking down on us or he never f- felt like, you know, we were a charity case. He was a man of, uh, of uh, you know, he wasn't the preacher. No, he didn't have all the slick words, and, but he, he knew how to use his hands. And, and I remember him just doing that for us. I remember helping him. And, and uh, I look back now, like, you know, you know, something you don't understand until you look back and say, wow, he was really just trying to bless us. And, mm-hmm. and he never made us feel bad about it. So things like that are pivotal because as a man now, um, I got to pay it forward. You know, when I understand that, I got to do things like that. And, 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 and again, I'm not trying to share all my stuff. The Bible says, you know, when you do something, you know, really don't let nobody know about it, you know. Um, don't do it for the praise of men, basically. Mm, yeah. um, but it's been nice to learn how to use my hands with carpentry skills and, um, and, you know, bless people. I've, I've blessed a, a number of, of widows who, who, uh, you know, just needed help, you know, and going in there and knowing how to work with my hands. It's been a good, it's been a good contrast where as a pastor, you do get to help. Um, but it's in a different way. You get to encourage, you get to, you know, my gifting is also in words, you know? Um, but, uh, it's nice to be able to, do both, you know, talk to talk and actually use my hands too. And, and actually the sermon's great and all, but I need a new water heater. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I can, I can put in that water heater, you know, you know, I, I did a number of things that just, you know, remodeled a, a, a woman's bathroom the other day who, who, uh, you know, she just couldn't afford it. You know, I said, get all the material and, uh, 
I'll put it in there. Had her son help me. He was in our youth group and, and uh, we, we did it. And again, that's probably valued around $2,000. Wow. Yeah. You know, but you know, it took me about four full days, but that's something that I know he may not understand it, but may, when he, when he'll look back in his thirties and be like, you know what, man, Gus just really blessed my, my family. You know, cause he's a kid. He didn't, he didn't get it. You know, mm-hmm. uh, the, the, the young man there. So, I don't know. I guess you, you got to give me more of a track to run on because there's, there's a stories I'll, I'll just can, I can just run with any kind of story um, of how men have been pivotal role models in my life that that even growing up without a father, an immigrant, that, um, you know, men have have really stepped up. And I, 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 and I truly believe there's spiritual, you know, you're a Christian and you're you're, you're coming from a spiritual point of view. So. I can be very, uh, very frank with that. And there's some guys that, you know, we, they don't, you know, like podcasts or things like that. They don't want to get too religious or whatever. But, man, in this day and age, you just got to stand there for what you believe in. And, uh, you know, to say, you know, God, God brought those guys into my life. And, and now it's the, the age where, you know, you hear that song or, or a quote. I'm not sure which one it is. Be the, be, the, be the person that you needed when you were a kid. Mm, you yeah. Know? Yeah. Um, that's- and so that gives you okay it's it's no longer time to no longer time to just uh, be a re- recipient of people's good grace like what you're doing now you're trying to help somebody else and so that's what you got to do i think a man understands that a man takes on responsibility and says you know what it's time for me to help you know i spent enough years getting helped now how can i be a help how can mm-hmm. i help somebody else and so that's definitely keeps us very involved in our youth ministry. Um, but from a different perspective, not I'm there because it makes me feel better. No, you know, half the time I physically don't want to be there because I'm exhausted from my job, but I know it means something to those young men. It means something to those young girls to me and my wife being there to encourage them that, um, you know, when Jesus washed feet, man, you know, it was, it, it, it wasn't nothing, uh, wasn't nothing, uh, uh, glorious about that man just crust your old feet you know but yeah, he did yeah. that to show us hey i'm the king of the universe but i can still humble myself and wash my disciples feet because that's what it means to be a man jesus was the ultimate example of what it means to be a man which is a servant just to serve people mm-hmm. yeah servant servant leadership and even one of the the things that uh john eldridge talks about in in his book about about being fathered is that we, we as men definitely need those uh, role models in our lives to, to father us and initiate us and, and to, to help us grow and to kind of force us to grow into, uh, into true, into true manhood. And, and part of that definitely is uh, being a servant and, and um, yeah. pay, paying it forward. Um, so one of the things that I'm um, talking about this week, and it's uh it's, one of the reason that I picked the topic for this week apropos is, uh, is having courage and being, uh, being courageous in, in times like these. And, and what, what would you, what would, what are some practical, um, practical steps you think uh, men could take in, uh, in this day and time with things just being so, so crazy. And I mean, it's, it's definitely the probably the strangest time in history that I've ever been been alive. But what are some practical ways that men can show that courage and, and that leadership uh, in in 
in a day and time like this. Right. That's good. Yeah, that's a good question. Cause you're right. It is a, it is a crazy, uh, it is a crazy season where just like you said, you know, even, even people in their uh, late years in their eighties, nineties can still have been quoted as saying they've never seen anything like this. So, you know, we haven't had a, you know, a, a, a crazy um, disease like this. You hear those, you know, eight, 19 to 18 and all these, you know, hundred years ago, 120 years ago, uh, since, you know, we've had a pandemic like this, but if I've seen anything of, of, of bringing those two worlds together of courage during this, um, you know, really just erratic time period is just consistency. You know, if you're consistent, um, when it's raining, when it's storming, when the sun is shining, you show consistency. I think that shows a lot of courage that, that, you know, when, when things like this happen and people are storming the stores and, you know, you know, making, you know, you know, just really losing their minds out there. But if, again, if everybody just loses their mind a little, it seems like the whole world's going crazy because um, everybody just has to do a little and you, you see how it just makes it, makes a huge impact. You know, nobody, I, I've met hundreds of people since this time and nobody claims to be the hoarder. No one claims to be the one that, you know, but right, if you look in, yeah. you know, look in their home, I mean, I'm in a lot of people's different homes, but they got just a little extra than they usually do. And, you know, um, and that's fear, you know, and that's okay. We're human. We're, we're, we're going to be fearful. You know, we're going to be, you know, Hey, I've never seen anything like this. So you want to panic. You want to follow the crowd, you know, well, I'm doing this because everybody else is doing it. So I'm doing it. And, you know, um, but I think showing courage is just showing consistency, being the voice of reason when, when, when people are scared, what, what, what do you do as a child? When you're scared, you go to your, you go to your parents, you know, you go to them for reassurance. You go to them to say, you know, everything's going to be okay. You know? Um, and I think as, as, as men, as Christians, you can do that. You hear my wife just back there screaming. I'm trying to do um, but um, it's kind of like that news guy. It's not, it's not as bad as that news guy that was doing the news. And remember his, his daughter came in. The, the oh yeah. 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 I remember that. that. Yeah. Yeah. So you, John can see it, but everybody else on the podcast can't see my, oh, he's wow. uh, it's, it's, it's my big, uh, great Dane. He's a rescue. There you go. Yeah. He's been a, He's definitely been a, a a big part of a big part of our house here lately. A dog who was who was um, skin and bones, man. He was emaciated. It was full of mange. Um, and uh, there's a story. I guess you can always tie anything in together. This dog was abandoned, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, but we've had him all of what six days. He's gained all his weight back. His 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 disease you know of of mange which is just an awful looking little bacteria that gets in under his skin and and it's it's under control and now he's healthy you know take that you know that's a, that's a good example of us as humans we may have have areas that we're all beat up man that we're we're we're, we're manged we're, man, we're we're mangy humans and but yet if it somebody invest in us takes time to to care for us um then uh, we can all be like uh, old big uh, Berkeley here, you know. There you go. They can't see him, but he's a gorgeous Great Dane mix, and uh, just a just a gorgeous dog. And you know, he's but a, that's he's a fine specimen of a dog. There, I'll tell you, fine specimen of of, of a dog. And, but hey, you know, there's there's always a lesson to be learned in anything. If that's like men, if we pour into uh, other men and uh, another generation, and where somebody else may not see their potential you know 
and but we choose to see people's potential. Um, I truly believe that's why we do, you know, youth ministry, what you're doing now, you know, that you're, you're speaking hope into people, you know, you know, yes, the reality of this, this dog was, he was on the verge of death, you know, but the fact that somebody will nurture him, believe in him, you know, now he's here after all his mange is gone. He's going to be, he's going to look like just any other beautiful, great Dane, you know? Mm -hmm. And, uh, but, uh, but it takes, it took, he couldn't do it by himself. So it took somebody helping him. That's probably another lesson that I've always learned is that no matter how awesome you are at doing things, you, you can't get to the top of the mountain by yourself. You always need somebody's help. You always need somebody to believe in you, somebody to encourage you. Um, and I, I actually listened to a lot of uh, John Maxwell mm, yeah. podcast on, on, on leadership, just phenomenal things. And, and, uh, you know, he teaches that point, you know, you know, that you don't have to go to the top of the mountain, you know, nobody, number one, doesn't get to the top of the mountain alone. Those who claim, you know, basically just stepped on a bunch of people, you know, but right. take people with you to the top of the mountain and, uh, acknowledge them, acknowledge their, their work in your life. Um, the man I am today is because I had a strong mother who, who was consistent. The man I am today, people like you who, who encouraged me, you know, when I didn't want to, you know, when I was a college pastor, you know, and, you know, I wanted to kind of throw in the towel, just guys like you just saying, Hey man, I appreciate you being here. I appreciate you being consistent here. Those little things like that, you know, go a long way when, when you're ready to throw in the towel and, you know, so we're all helping each other. What the Bible mm -hmm. says, iron sharpens iron. Yeah. So what else you got for me? What else you got, John? Well, uh, next question here. Um, you, you mentioned earlier uh, in the interview, you've got, uh, you've got three wonderful kids and I just wanted to ask you a little bit about that. Uh, what, what's fatherhood been like and, and what do you love most about being a dad? Oh man. I think every, I think every person who, who's never had a father, gets the experience I, I would hope they get to experience the joy of what it means to be a father um you know growing up without a dad i really had no point of reference you know i had i had spiritual fathers you know but they you know spiritual fathers have a limit you know they don't they didn't go home with me they didn't they didn't uh, you know they were there to encourage me if i needed anything i could pick up the phone but it's a whole nother ball game when you live with these people you know and and uh, I think being a father has been one of the greatest joys of my life. And also one of the, probably the greatest, um, um, if it's kind of weird, but it's actually given me the, the most grace in the sense that, you know, my, just to give you a little bit of story, my father was an abusive alcoholic. Um, you know, he, uh, he, he basically his routine in, in Mexico, he was a mechanic and he'd basically get up, you know, she'd make breakfast for him. He'd go to work as a mechanic. He'd come home. Um, he'd, she'd make supper, have supper ready and, and somewhere in there, pick a fight and, and beat her almost on a daily basis. Uh, he, 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 he's broken her teeth, broken multiple ribs, um, through a, through a chair in her stomach when I was in there, uh, when she was pregnant with me, uh, just a very abusive man. Um, but you know, what's crazy is that, you know, Ultimately, we ended up, you know, that's why we came to the States. Here's a little side note of immigration there. That's why we came to the States was just to avoid uh, being killed by this man. You know, mm -hmm. he, we, we migrated when I was three years old. And I think two weeks later, you know, he, after he discovered his family was 
gone. He raped a 14 year old girl and went to prison. Um, so just a crazy, crazy uh, story. And, but I, you know, it's kind of come full circle now that I've, now that I am a father for years, I've had, I've had a lot of anger towards him. And most people would say, well, that's justified. He was, you know, a wife beater. And, um, but you know what? I also, when I see my children and spend every day with them, I also see what he lost, you know, Mm -hmm. because of his actions, he, he lost the joy of seeing, seeing, you know, the championship goal, seeing, um, you know, the, the, the twirl of his daughter dance, you know, um, all these things were, were forfeited because of his, of his bad decisions. And if anything, it's given me more grace to see that I could be angry towards him as, as a man, a man who, 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 um, what's the word I'm looking for? You know, he, he, his, his role as the man of the house, he, he didn't understand it. He, he took it for granted and he abused, yeah. he abused that power and uh, he lost for consequences. He lost his family. And, and unfortunately there's a lot of, I would say that's not actually not that uncommon of a story, but you know, maybe the abusive part, but the, the more I share that story in my testimony, the more I hear, you know, people afterwards saying, wow, you know, I have a, a similar story, you know, or, or, and so that can definitely skew people's, you know, view of men and, and fatherhood. But for me, it's, it's helped me to understand that, Hey, maybe one day I need to go and show him, Hey, these are my children, you know, because I, I know, I know the joy of what it means to be a father, man, of, of the little things of holding your, your, your baby girl, man. Of, of I remember my son, when he was first born, uh, he, I mean, seconds after he was born, he was just crying. You know, he was crying so hard. And I remember saying to him, his name's Elias. And I said, Elias, it's me. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking within seconds, he had recognized my voice and he calmed down and he wow. just looked at me. It was amazing. Like, man, he, he knew my voice, you know, he knew the voice of the father, man. That's, wow. that's a spiritual uh, tune. And I remember that almost made me want to cry. Cause he, you know, those nurses are scrubbing on him and doing all kinds of stuff. But as soon as he heard my voice, he focused in like, I know that guy. And he felt safe, you know. Um, so, man, just amazing moments like that, you know, are 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 in the are in the hundreds, maybe thousands of, of. I can share with you about what it means to be a father, you know, just those small moments that I never had. So, instead of it being my excuse of being a bad father, it's, well, I've never had a father, so this is why I'm a crappy father. No, I always say God is my heavenly father, and he and he set the highest bar for me, mm-hmm. and so. I don't have any excuse to have, you know, so every experience is brand new. And, and, and also every teaching moment, I have to go to God and say, God, help me, help me to, you know, this is the parenting is bigger than us, man. It's, it's, we, you'll pull your hair out, you know, you know, trying to, trying to protect your kids and all the, the hoops that you got to jump through for, for children. But, but uh, God has definitely helped me um, understand that. I can go to him, man. He's he can give me wisdom. I, I got the fun stuff down, man. I, I love doing fun stuff, kooky stuff, you know. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, when I need God's wisdom, that he uh, he he as our heavenly Father will give me wisdom, man, on how to on how not to miss it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll never miss it as bad as my dad did, but um, but uh, I can still miss it as a man and and be caught up in pride or selfishness or whatever, man, I, I need God on, on a daily basis. But yeah, kids have been, kids have been, uh, um, uh, phenomenal. They're, they're the ultimate test of your integrity. They're the ultimate test of, uh, 
of your patience, everything, man. But uh, like every, every other parent says, it's worth it. It's worth yeah. it. Yeah, good stuff, man. Good stuff. So um, Gus Garcia joining us on the M60 podcast. Uh, last question, Gus, uh, before we go. And I would imagine you probably have some uh, experience with this type of question, given uh, your experience in, in youth and collegiate ministry. But uh, I know that uh, especially we, we were talking about it before we started recording here that uh, the the men's movement online, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of uh, cynicism and bitterness towards the world in general. And what what kind of advice would you give to a young man who's kind of uh, not necessarily given up on life, but has uh, has just become disenfranchised with with the world and has just become disenfranchised with life in general and and is is starting to head towards that bitterness and cynicism that that we see so often amongst men today what what kind of advice would you give to a young man like that mm, that's good that's good you know the thing that came to mind when uh when you were speaking was was really a sermon that our youth pastor brought here recently um, that kind of everything in life can fall under kind of two, two main categories. It's, it's uh, selfishness or selflessness. You know, I think in my own experience, the times where I've become cynical, the times where I've become very uh, defensive, argumentative, you know, is really times where I've become selfish, where I constantly ask the question, you know, how does this affect me? And, and it's me, 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 you know, it's, it becomes the me show. And, and, and that's really easy to do. And I think even it comes into when we, you know, we, we have, you know, we, we, we're pitying ourselves, and, and I don't think that's uh not to, you know, over masculate things that, that I think as men, we, we do, it's, it's an easy thing to fall into that category or, or negative headspace of looking at your situation from a negative point of view. But one thing I figured out is that, man, the, the enemy, the devil, he, he comes up with the same stuff, man. He's been, he's been he's been uh, attacking us the same way. If he can get us thinking negatively, that will snowball. And all of a sudden, you know, one, one small issue that maybe wasn't even that big of a deal to start out with all of a sudden becomes this monster uh, issue because those negative thoughts have been bombarding over and over and over again. And, and um, you know, so that, that, that selfishness versus selflessness, um, really helps me balance things out, you know, to really look at your perspective, looking at your scenario. I could, I think that falls under a variety of different situations. Um, what, what it, what is the scenario you're going through that's causing you to, you know, be negative and ask yourself the hard question, Hey, am I being selfish here? Am I really thinking about myself on, you know, why, you know, fill in the blank, whatever the problem is. And, and, Oftentimes for myself, I, I can look back and say, you know what? Yeah, I, I guess I, I didn't like that. I don't like that church because the way I felt of, you know, I'm personally feeling offended. The reality is it's probably, a, it was probably a great church. It was, you know, it, you know, those people didn't mean to, 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 to do me harm or um, uh, I know you're kind of talking a little bit about, you know, even the perspective of women and, and, and uh, if you get, if you get offended, man, it's real easy to run with that. And, and, but if you ask yourself the question, okay, why am I feeling this way now? Now, what is really their fault? You know, what is, what, what have I done, you know, in my mental, you know, track that's helped, you know, you know, make this thing such an issue on my, in my head. And, and, uh, um, you know, there was a, a famous sermon, you know, a while back that, 
that everything kind of falls under uh, like four categories, I believe. The, the lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, maybe it's just three, and the pride of life. Um, that the devil does the same thing. He did it to Adam and Eve in the garden. He did it to Jesus, you know, in the wilderness. He, he tempted him while he, was, while he was weak. He said, you know, he told Jesus, man, if you'll just eat this bread, and I'll go ahead and throw in and, and say that I'm, I'm, I'm the king of everything, the devil, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, he tempted Jesus when he was tired, you know. Um, then he, he brought him to the highest point of the temple. And he said, look at everything, Jesus. I'll make you the ruler. Like, who's the devil? I mean, he doesn't even know who Jesus is. He's already the ruler of everything. But in that moment where he was weak, he said, I'll make you the ruler of all this. That's the pride of life. Um, and then, of course, the lust of the flesh was just the, the bread. Um, there, I think that was, I, I might be getting some of that, that story mixed up. But, yeah, the, the bread, um, he was thirsty. Um, but then it was, hey, you know, throw yourself, cast yourself from this, cast yourself from this, you know, peak. And won't all the angels come to rescue you? That was the the pride, you know, that, man, I, I, he could. He could with a snap of a finger. He could have summoned, you know, the 10,000 upon 10,000 angels to come and, and save him. Uh, but every time Jesus denied him, denied the, de- denied the devil, he did it with one thing. He said with the scripture. Yes, he was tired. Yes, he was hungry. Yes, you know, he'd been, you know, fasting for 40 days in the wilderness. He was very human, but when he attacked the enemy, he didn't attack him with giving in to the the devil with all those things. He attacked him with the scripture. He attacked him with really when it comes down to selflessness. He could have been selfish and taken the bread. He could have been selfish and said, you know, you're right. What am I doing down here on this earth with all these measly people? They should be worshiping me like a, you know, like the God I am, you know, but he took a selfless route and said, you know what? And he fought the enemy with scripture, but ultimately also took a selfless route of saying, you know what? I'm not going to give in to this temporary situation. So in that, you know, don't give in to this temporary situation, no matter how big you might think is, if you know, giving into that isn't going to be helpful for you to hold this bitterness, hold this stuff, man, just let it go. Let that stuff go. Let God, Mm. you know, fight your battles. Um, and man, he, you know, he's there for us and, you know, don't let cynicism, don't let that negative, because I, I guarantee you, man, it'll take you out. The thing that you think you're holding oh, yeah. up, is, yeah. what is that saying that like, even unforgiveness, like you don't want, they mm-hmm. said forgiveness is like, you know, having a cup of poison. Um, and, and, uh, how's that quote? But like, you're drinking it to kill them, you know? Right. That, yeah. Uh, yeah. You, you're, you're trying to kill, you know, this other person by, drinking your own poison in the sense of that negativity. Hey man, they're probably over it. They're not even thinking about whatever offended you, whatever, whatever made you hurt, whatever made you mad, they're off doing their own thing. But you keeping all this negative stuff pent up is only hurting you. So you might as well let it go. You know, you know, that's just, that's just the reality of it. But yeah, I mean, I know it's kind of a broad term, but maybe somebody can uh, benefit from my rambling there. But yeah, yeah, well, they can they can probably gather some uh, some good bits and pieces out of there for sure. <laughs> well, one one caveat that I'll I'll add to that came to mind when you were talking about uh, Jesus being tempted in the wilderness is that he was led by the Spirit out in the wilderness into the wilderness for this to to happen to him. Right. And it was one of the some a, a lot of uh, 
scholars say that this was one of the ways that uh, that God was trying to uh, to grow His Son and to initiate His Son. So sometimes the the things yeah, that that you do go through are are something that that God's put into your life to help you grow and become more like more like His Son Jesus. So. Um, I, I know that sometimes yeah. when I try and well, that's one of the things that I try and, and look at when I'm going through difficult times, it's like, okay, God, how are you trying to grow me? How are you trying to initiate me? What's, what's really going on here? Is it there? Cause there's usually more going on than just than this person's being mean to me because they're a crappy person. There's, there's something else that there's a bigger story in there that's trying to be, be taught to yeah. you. But Gus Garcia right joining on. going Gus Garcia joining us on the M60 podcast. Gus, it was so good to see you, so good to talk with you tonight, and uh, I hope we get to do it again real soon. Uh, before we go, do you have anything that you uh, that you want to plug or uh, anywhere that uh, people might be able to uh, access your your sermons and your teachings? Well, uh, well, first of all, thanks, uh, John, for having me on. I appreciate you know just uh, I think it's an honor whenever you're. You bring somebody on a show, you know, even if it's your own show, something you're putting together, uh, it's still an honor to somebody recognize you as maybe having something good to say and, and, and to bring value to people. That's what uh, oh, uh, John Maxwell says, to bring value. His passion is to bring value to people. So I appreciate you. Uh, you know, that encourages me that, hey, there's somebody here that thinks I can, I can bring value to somebody. So, um, But uh, no, I guess the thing that we're, we're, we're connected to is our church, really. That's Evangel. Uh, event, I th- believe their YouTube is Evangel Church WF uh, dot com, which is their website. So we got a lot of great stuff as far as if anybody's out there wanting to look into uh, just different youth uh, youth things with the uh, uh, youth services. We got a lot of you know what I would call cutting edge stuff. You know, it's you know he's uh, really putting out a lot of good um, video video sermons. Um, nothing, not, not really my sermon. I'm really not the, the lead pastor anymore. So, but I let somebody even more capable than me do it. I'm, I look up to this guy I'm like, wow, this guy can really crank out some good stuff. So that's engage. Um, our youth ministry is called engage. So you can find us on Facebook. Um, I guess if you're searching, it would be engage of Wichita Falls, Texas. Uh, I know there's probably a, a thousand different, that's when it's kind of tough when you're searching for stuff, because you might have a hundred different engages and a hundred different um, podcast. Right. I'll I'll Good get stuff. that narrowed down and put uh, put those links in the show notes and the and the description for anybody who's interested in that. So that's the the one of the beauties of podcasting. Yeah, do some editing and put put the actual links in. All right, buddy. Thanks again for having me on. Okay, thank you, Gus. I appreciate it. Uh, more to come. I'll have a quick homework wrap up session for you here right after this. This is the M60 podcast. Thank you again to Mr. Gus Garcia for guesting on the podcast this week. It was really great to talk with him and get caught up with him. Uh, He and I hadn't talked in, oh, probably six or seven years um, just because, A, he lives in Texas, and I've bounced all over the country a little bit. So I just want to leave you with some homework for this week. Uh, Just make sure that you were, A, practicing empathy like I was talking about with my story at the beginning where I was trying to get my groceries 
and just practice empathy towards people who might be under a little bit of pressure this week, whether it's someone in need or if it is someone in a profession like a grocery store worker or someone who's trying to deliver a package to you and it might be a little late. Just show some empathy for them. There's a lot of extenuating circumstances going on that aren't necessarily their fault. And secondly, I want to encourage you to read up on courage and what the Bible has to say about being courageous in, in trying times like this. The There was a quote at the beginning of the American Revolution that these are the times that try men's souls, and I think we are definitely in the middle of uh, some of those times right now. So as Joshua 1.9 says, this is my command. Be strong and courageous, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And that is a command from the Lord your God. Be strong and be courageous. Your family's counting on you. Your community is counting on you. There are multiple people probably still counting on you. And whether it's taking a chance and or getting out of your comfort zone and finding a job that you may not necessarily want to do or even just doing a, a job that's completely different but you think you can probably get into or doing something like this starting a podcast or learning a new skill while you're in quarantine take that challenge head on take that challenge with with courage and just know that that God's with you and there are people around the world that are praying for you uh, even though you may may not know it people are praying for you so next week we are going to talk a little bit more about courage. My good friend and spiritual mentor and lead pastor of the Gospel Church in Nashville is going to be joining us, Mr. Mike Harder, and he's going to. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the same things we talked about with Gus about fatherhood and about uh, just life in general, what it means to be a man, and we're going to talk about courage and just how you can just how you can hang in there and you can be be brave and bold and be a, a real leader and show the world what true masculine masculinity looks like so until then as i said be strong be courageous and i will talk to you next time